You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. I just felt that we should go over our passage that we looked at on Sunday. The theme of the death and resurrection is something that we can never, you know, just rush through. I believe that if things were done properly, this should actually be the new year, you know, from resurrection morning because he has made all things new. Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's come to Matthew 27. And quickly we'll pick a few things and, and try and end at, um, at the last verse of Matthew 28. Quickly from Sunday, some of the things we missed out is that we saw from Matthew 27 verse 55, many women who followed Jesus from Galilee ministering to him were there looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Now 57 goes on to say, when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself also had been a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock, and he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. 61 says, And Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. What I want us to pick here is that you see, in the work of God, there are diversities of ministries. Notice at this critical point in the unfolding of the Christian you know, faith and foundation, you don't see the apostles. You see the women. You see some Joseph that we had never heard of. You see them playing critical roles. And for me as the pastor, it's informative and you know, enlightening for me because sometimes... You can think that only those who you see every day, you know, doing one visible thing in church are the hands that God is using. But you see, there are parts of the work that are not done here. Praise the Lord. In fact, there are some persons I think of, you know, luckily he's here, but he doesn't excuse me. I realize that a lot of people have come to the church through their relationship with him, but they've surpassed you. So you need to wake up. I'm telling you. Do you understand? There are diversities of ministries. There are things that are not, you know, holding the mic. There are things that are not sweeping the floor in church. There are things, there are diverse ways God uses people. Joseph, like we learned on Sunday, had to be a prominent man for him to have access to Pilate in the first place. And then he must have been such a disciple for him to go for a dead Jesus. That's another lesson on its own. Do you love Jesus enough to follow him and worship him when there is no benefit? Remember the multitude, the Bible says, thronged after Jesus. Why? He was giving bread, he was giving fish, and he was healing their sick. Now he has been crucified right before everybody. Who needs a Jesus who can heal? Who can't, you know, give food? Who needs that Jesus? But you see, there is love and devotion that is beyond utility. If there is any marriage here that you realize or your wife tells you, I just love you because you do this, that thing will not leave your head. You want her to love you or him to love you because you are you, isn't it? 
But that is what we do with our God. We make him a utility God. And that's the challenge with some of our mode of worship. I think it will manifest somewhere in every part of the world. But in particular in Africa, you see, nobody goes to the Dibia for fellowship. Dibia is native doctor. Nobody goes to him for fellowship. And that's the mentality they've brought into the African Christianity. That every time you go to God, there must be a problem. We've said it here over and over. So it's advertised, this God will do this, this God will do this. That is a native doctor, African tradition, now religion, mentality of the faith. The God that created you and I, in the beginning, we fellowship with him, having no need. Praise the Lord. So we saw those women and we saw Joseph going for a Jesus that, unquote, as far as they were concerned now, was of no benefit. If anything, he had become a burden. Because the multitude, the wind of public opinion was against this Jesus at this point in time. But they still loved him enough to serve and worship him in that state. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, so we see that and then we'll go to 62 62 to 66 says, On the next day which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive, how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise. So they say, Therefore command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. So Pilate said to them, you have a God, go your way, make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the God. Praise the Lord. What we pick from here is very interesting, very important, in fact, very, very important. Is that, if you're reading from your own Bible, you notice in verse 63 that they quoted our Lord Jesus. That's the Pharisees. The chief priests, they quoted our Lord Jesus Christ when they said, this man said, after three days, I will rise. Now, can I tell you something? Do you know that none of his followers remember that word at that time? Not one of them. So, you know, I wanted to call it the faith of the unfaithful or the unbeliever. How can they remember Jesus' words? And then his disciples, who he said it to, taught it over and over, did not remember it. How come at the time this happened, you know, and the chief priests were saying, he said he will rise again. Why didn't Peter think about it? And the question for you and I now is this, or the issue or the lesson that we take from it is this. What is it that is hindering my cognitive ability from what God is saying to me? Still Related to the first side we looked at. Remember, to a large extent, the disciples hadn't matured at this time. Remember before now, James and John had gone to their mother to say to their mother, please go and tell Jesus to give us this special position. Remember. Remember that several times on their journey, they argued amongst themselves, who is what? The greatest among. So, the question is this. What was it that occupied their heads and their minds and their sin, that they did not hear what Jesus was saying. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, these chief priests, they were not believers, but they heard. How come Peter didn't hear? How come John didn't hear? Listen, 
Have you ever cancelled somebody that came to you to hear one thing in particular? You want to slap your wife and you just came to the pastor to give him reasons why he should endorse your decision to slap your wife, isn't it? No matter what they cancel you, you won't hear because you have filled in the blank space already. It meant that these disciples of Jesus, there was something for me, that's the lesson. What could it be in my life now that will be hindering me from hearing what God is saying? Because did he say it? He said it. The scripture records it for us. But more so, that the chief priest will now say he said it. And then the disciples didn't think about it. And to even make it more interesting, they acted on it. Faith without works is. So what are we going to call this one they did? It's not faith. Do you understand? No, it's not faith. But then, look at it. The children of this world are in their generation. What? Why is that? They remembered it and they ran and went to Pilate and said to Pilate, we remember something. We need to take extra measure. How I wish it were believers that remember what God said and take extra measure. Imagine how beautiful it would have been if John said to Peter, Peter, remember he said after three days and they go to the tomb and start, you know, doing praise and worship. How powerful it would have been. But you see, they've run their own race. What can I do? Praise the Lord. What can we do to let him know that we are hearing him more than the unbelievers are hearing him? You know, if you come from a family that is large enough, you would have heard this statement. Your unbelieving siblings will point out to you the real believer that is among you. Am I right? Even in your office, the unbelievers in your office will tell you, don't mind this person. Ah, this one is serious. You that you're a believer, you won't even say it. The unbelievers, they see you. <laughs> you understand? I mean, it's just something. Praise the Lord. Very important thing we pick. Amongst your friends, there are some of us amongst our friends, you say you're a Christian, they'll laugh because they, they know you're joking. <laughs> you know, you're born again. You say, Me, I pope. But if you come amongst us and say you're born again, you say, Hallelujah, brother, sister. We can't see. But the unbelievers, they see very well. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so that's the lesson we'll pick from there. We'll move on. So, from chapter 28, if we get into 28, we'll see the first line there. It says, now and after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, it says, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And what we pick from here immediately is this, that these women, they were not expecting Jesus to rise. But what did they do? They came to see the tomb. They came to express devotion. They came to the tomb. That's all they did. But you know at the end of the story, what happened? They saw him. Now, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 8, 12. This is an important thing to learn in our Christian work, especially for young believers and for everybody. It says, for if there is first what? A willing mind. It is accepted according to what one has and not according to what one does not what have. Listen, you can preach to someone and the person will give his life to Christ. You don't need to prepare a sermon. You can accomplish a lot of spiritual results. You don't have to know everything in the Bible. All you need to tell somebody is, once I was blind, but now I see. These women did not think long. They just said, let them come and see the tomb. Let them just come and sit down there. But we know what unfolded. Because they did what they could do. Listen to me, brethren. Our experience of faith in God would have been so much more colorful 
if we did the little we could do, at every time there was, you know, a, a leading of the spirit or, or an opportunity. I've told us here, the first time I experienced, you know, divine healing, you know, for someone was a neighbor who we went to visit. And this neighbor said he has this terrible migraine, you know, and he doesn't go. He takes all the drugs. And I mean, we're just born again, maybe barely a couple of weeks. But I'd known that the Bible says you lay hands on the sick and they recover. So I offered to pray for him. I was surprised he agreed. And I prayed for him. And right then and then, he said he has stopped. Praise the Lord. So today now, that's the simple truth. When someone says I should pray, you might have noticed that for those who have come to me. I don't vibrate because I believe he heals. That experience has taught me that what? You lay hands on the sick, pray, and they recover. Because I didn't know what I know now. Maybe if it was nice, I started laying hands on the sick. Then when you come to me for prayer, I'll move like this. <laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying? It's accepted according to what one has. In the name of Jesus, be healed. And you allow God to do the one that he will do. Praise the Lord. So that's what it shows us here. They just came and the story began to unfold. Praise the Lord. And then the concern they had... The Bible told us in some other accounts that didn't tell us here. Was that when they were coming, they said to themselves, who is going to roll away the stone? You remember? You realize how the concern they had. By the time they came, what had happened? The stone had been rolled away. And for someone listening to me, there is something that you're making a mountain now. God, I know you said I should do this. God, I'm supposed to do this. But how is this going to happen? Praise the Lord. The lesson is here. Before you get there. You will find that the God who is your God, who promised that he will go ahead of you to make the crooked path straight, would have gone ahead of you and made those crooked path straight. That's what this teaches us. It says by the time they got there, this is what they saw happening. They didn't pray for the earthquake. If they were thinking, what are the options? How will this stone be rolled away? They'll probably think, Mary, you will push, I push, you push. And then all the options they could have thought of would not have included earthquake. Child of God, you cannot think 1% of all the options that God has. So quit that thinking and start believing. He's God. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my what? Ways higher. Okay? Okay, let me try and run so we close. Mm. From verse 5, it says, The angel answered and said to the women, he said, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here, for he is risen, as I said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Seven says, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And indeed, he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Come with me and read verse 9 and 10. And, and as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him then jesus said to them do not be afraid go and tell my brethren to go to galilee and there they'll see me when i read this the holy spirit showed me something there and he showed me do not be afraid do not be afraid two times and he said to tell you tonight do not be afraid he said why did the angel say do not be afraid And Jesus came and said, do not be afraid. You know what? He said, by reason of Jesus' resurrection, every reason to be afraid has been handled. Do you get it? It has been dealt with. There are no more reasons (laughs) to be afraid. 
His reason. Listen, somebody is here afraid of what the enemy is doing. If the enemy had so much power, he wouldn't wait till today to do that thing. He would have done it yesterday. He would have done it last day. Somebody is afraid he will die. The devil will do this. The devil doesn't have fruit of the spirit. He's not patient. If he could do, destroy anything in, in you, he would have destroyed these things. Are you hearing me? Do not be afraid. Is Listen, the one that is against you, I have finished his power. I've made him null and void. I've neutralized him in military language. He has been neutralized. The angel said, the first word, do not be afraid. Jesus took it to another level. He said, rejoice. And then still reminded them, you have no reason to be afraid. Are you born again? You have no reason to be what? That's the word of God. Do not be afraid. And also, why is he saying do not be afraid? Because the whole temptation of the enemy is to get you to be afraid. Recently, I was reading Nehemiah's rebuilding of the wall. And I saw that 90% or 99% of what the enemy did or was trying to do was to make him afraid. They did it in several ways. They did it with mockery. <laughs> what are these Jews building? Even if a fox runs on it, it will fall. Then they threatened them. Then they did all kinds of things. Just to make you think that the assignment before you is too huge. Listen to me. We've learned here that, do I have any person who did sprinting here? In, I think sometime in the 50s, the fastest man in the world was running 100 meters at almost 11 seconds. And it was said to be a speed that was unbeatable. Sometime in the 70s or so, that record was beaten. Every time a record is beaten, they start beating it even at secondary school levels. But as long as it's set as the premium record, people are afraid of beating it. But once it's beaten, everybody's beating it. Why? Because when you see something as a mountain, you just want to get close. You don't think you can surpass it. But tonight, I want to announce to you, as a child of God, there is nothing impossible for you. Do not be what? Afraid. That's the announcement. Why? His reason. It has never been done. It's no longer something that can frighten us. His reason. Praise the Lord. His reason. This marriage, such a thing has never been done. But Jesus is reason. So it's possible. It's possible. Praise the Lord. So that was the announcement he made. He told them, do not be afraid. Go and do what I sent you to do. 16, down to 20, and then we'll round up. Praise the Lord. 16, let's read. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Praise the Lord. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority... Has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Isn't that where we started from? He's assuring them and with them. Now, let's see something here now. Verse 18 says, Jesus said to them, All authority has been given to me. In heaven and on earth. What is authority? Authority is the power to give orders. Authority is the power to give orders or to make decisions. But I like this one that says, authority is the power to enforce obedience. Praise the Lord. 
authority, the power to enforce obedience, the authority or the right to give orders, to make decisions. He says, all authority has been given to me after the resurrection. And that's the passage, uh, uh, is it Pastor Lord, one of us referred to, Say, where he says, and to him has been given the name, which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, how many names? Every knee shall bow of things in heaven, of things on earth, and of things under the earth. That is authority. And it says, this authority has been given to me. You have the power or the right to direct or control something or someone. That's authority. Now, can I tell you something about authority? The difference between authority and power. But I can almost say that the difference between authority and power is that Authority is like potential energy. Praise the Lord. You see, authority must be exercised. Do you get me? Authority must what? Be exercised. If you kept um, a, a bucket of acid here, okay? If you keep it in the middle of this hall, in minutes, everybody here will be choking, right? We'll be choking and coughing. We'll all run away. We won't be able to stay here because it'll be very toxic. Our breathing will immediately pick it. The acid doesn't need to do anything. The composition immediately fills the atmosphere. That we can use to describe some sort of power. But you see, authority can be in a place and be docile. You know why I'm saying that? Jesus is not about to give you authority. You have had the authority from the moment you became born again. But revelation that you have the authority is necessary for you to exercise it. That's why somebody can be demon-possessed. And another fellow brother will say, get out of it. And then the demon will go. Then another person will say, get out of it. He say, what's your name? They start having conversation. They say, this person wants to gist. And he starts gisting with the demon. Then another person will say, get out. And the demon will do as if he didn't hear. Because, do you understand what I'm saying? Authority must be what? Exercise. That's why I said, listen now. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That is information. That is revelation. Powerful. But now, he says, go therefore. Until there is a going therefore, that authority is not necessary. Or it's not beneficial. Better. So when we come to church, I don't use authority over you. You don't use authority over me. Anything I try to do here is drama. What happens is that when this service is over, thoughts will come to your mind. You use authority for it. Someone will call you on the phone. You use authority over it. You hear something in the news. You use authority over it. Is somebody getting me? That is what it's for. It says this authority now. Go with it. Go with it. You don't stay with it. You make use of it. You draw down on it. So you hear the enemy is doing A, B, C, D. Now you are provoked and you activate authority. Let's rise on our feet. All authority has been given to me. Go there for. Activate it. That's what it is. Activate it. In the place of prayer. Get to the point where subconsciously you know you're in authority. You know? You don't accept some things. You don't let it drop on you. The moment it comes, you kick it away. The moment the thought comes, you send it away. The moment you cite it, you curse it. I told us here, praise the Lord. 
I got up in the morning. Momichi gets up before me. She had, you know, the robbery announcement that um, Mr. Yakubu announced. The winner he announced. Okay? So I got up. That was the first thing. Normally, we just, you know, little greeting. I go and pray. She prayed. So she said, ah, these people have announced the social personnel. I say he will not be sworn in. That's authority. That's what I want. And that's what I'm believing God for. That's what I'm praying for. Do you get me? I don't need to think. You see, when you understand the authority you carry, you respond. You say, come on, shut up. It's not that the thing happens, then you can't sit there and say, yeah, but what was the meaning? Why were you, what were you thinking? No, authority is immediately provoked. You see something that shouldn't be said. No, is somebody get what I'm saying? Because you're not about to be given authority. What you're learning tonight is to use authority. Are you with me? What you're learning tonight is to activate the authority. What you're getting tonight is that it has been given to you. But for you to now what? Function in it. There are thoughts in your mind that you have to exercise that authority for. Over. There are lies in your mind that you have to cast. And that's why the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We operate with authority. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself. Against, by authority you understand that this is against my master. You are standing like the officer on duty sent by Jesus here. So whatever that Jesus will not allow. When you see to say no, this must not happen. It's not by your power. It's because you are a commissioned officer. Under the assignment of Jesus. That's what it is. So go ahead and use your authority. That's what the resurrection did. From that moment, he said to them, it's been given to me, so you go. It's your choice. If you want to, you know, wallow in self-pity, or you want to walk in authority and power over situations and circumstances, you know, and realize that I'm here, but I'm not just existing. I'm a king. I'm anointed. I carry the presence of God. My marriage must work. My home must work. My business must prosper. My brain is gifted. I have solution in every situation. I'm a child of God. I'm a blessing everywhere I'm found. I have inspiration. I have direction. I have the spirit of the most high God. The one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. Do you understand? This is the authority that has been. He says it's been given. Child of God, activate it. Activate it. Says, whosoever shall speak to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt, he shall have what he says. That is authority. You see something that is wrong and you know it is wrong. You may not have the power, but you have the authority. You have the authority to curse it. You have the authority to say thus far and no more. You have the authority to say no thus far and no more. You will not continue. That is what we are talking about. All authority it has been given to me. He said, go therefore. Go therefore. Go therefore. Go therefore. Go therefore. You have been commissioned to enforce the government of Jesus in our time and in our generation. To be light, to be salt. Salt in the jar helps nobody. But when the salt is applied in the food, leave the rest to it. It will handle the job. Hallelujah, somebody. 
open up your mouth and just declare and just pray whatever it is that you have found yourself in jesus is saying to you go therefore remember he said to us as the father has sent me so send i you so you're no longer just an observer that place of observer status has been taken away from you you are now an involved party we are not observers in nigeria listen to me what we are and what we are doing in this city we are not observers we are not statistics we are players in this game we raise a standard against every walk of darkness listen as a nation the enemy has come against nigeria like a flood but by the authority that we have we're saying the spirit of god raises a standard and that work is destroyed the bible says the enemy may come against us in one way but by authority we say enemies scatter in seven ways in the name of jesus we say we shall see the goodness of the lord in this nation nigeria the prophecy of god concerning nigeria that nigeria will be known for righteousness will come to fulfillment in our time in the name of jesus it doesn't matter what the enemy has put together we are standing on the word of god we are saying jesus shall reign all over nigeria that outcome that will bring honor to the lord that outcome that will cause men to fear jehovah that outcome that will cause the name of the lord to be exalted that is the outcome we are decreeing over nigeria jesus is lord righteousness is established justice is established peace is established prosperity for the majority of people no longer prosperity for a few nigeria is a blessed nation nigeria is a prosperous nation we do not have to be in the situation where we are the goodness of the lord the blessings of the lord upon this nation shall reach to everybody to all and sundry in the name of jesus christ that is what we are decreeing thieves and rogues and criminals shall cease to rule over us we declare it not possible we say not possible that criminals will rule over us that gangsters will rule over us that thieves will rule over us we declare the government of god come the bible says when the righteous are in authority the people rejoice and we're saying the righteous shall come in authority and the people rejoice we have mourned and mourned and grown for this year we say that mourning and groaning shall come to an end in the name of jesus christ that is what we decree with the authority that has been given to us somebody give a shout of praise you've been listening to a message by pastor Ike Naokeke of the father's church we are sure you've been blessed we invite you to worship with us at eden center banex guarimpa expressway near next kashinkari abuja for telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158-404 you can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you